talking about collections today, how they started, what do you have at your place? Keep your text coming at 780-496-0063. And it's uh, in part tied to our next uh, interview uh, because uh, the next um, group that we're talking to is trying to collect some airplanes. And uh, there's there's quite the history behind this story, so I wanted to get into it. At first, um, one of the members of this group actually bought a 60 five-seat passenger jet, a Fokker F-28, and he parked it in the middle of his acreage. Um, he said, you know, it was a, a part of a larger effort of honoring and preserving Alberta's aviation history. Um, the fellow who bought this plane's name is Jesse Millington, and he said he found the plane through his work with the Time Air Historical Society. It's a, a Calgary-based not-for-profit. Now, Jesse, unfortunately, not available to join us this afternoon, but Rick Barry, the chairman of the Time Air Historical Society, joining me this afternoon. Hey, Rick. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for uh, having me on the program. Well, I'm just fascinated. I, I love all things aviation uh, as well. So when I saw the story about Jesse parking this big old plane in the middle of his acreage, I'm like, okay, this. I've got to find out more about this. Um, so first off, tell me about the Time Air Historical Society. Uh, the Time Air Historical Society, what our ma mandate is, is to uh, recognize uh, the importance of uh, commercial aviation history, uh, not just in southern Alberta, uh, but uh, both in the entire province of Alberta, through western Canada, and quite honestly, by the time that Time Air became Canadian regional, recognize the importance of this airline that essentially flew from coast to coast. Rick, I had never heard of Time Air until I read these news articles. Uh, tell me about it. It was a commuter service based out of Lethbridge? That's correct. So uh, Air Canada, actually, we have to um, go back a little bit. Air Canada uh, chose Lethbridge as its mainline hub for Alberta. And what had happened is uh, they created that hub in 1939, bypassing Calgary because it was too dangerous to fly from Calgary to Vancouver at that time. Uh, there is a natural uh, mountain valley that uh, leads uh, just uh, west of Lethbridge out to Vancouver called the Crow's Nest Pass, mm. and that was deemed the safe route to go out. <laughs> now, when we fast forward from 1939 till the mid-1960s, Air Canada was very interested in getting into small jet airliners and getting rid of all their propeller-driven planes. That is the reason that Time Air started. Air Canada was going to pull out of Lethbridge uh, and there was going to be a need for air transport still uh, to get either to the coast or up to Calgary. So uh, Time Air was formed in 1966 by Stubb Ross uh, with the sole intent to keep air service going from Lethbridge to Calgary. Uh, and uh, over the time from 1966 until 1987, uh, they ended up with uh, flying to over 30 destinations across Western Canada uh, in uh, 
in 1992, uh, they had moved their head office up to Calgary uh, and were renamed Canadian Regional, mm. and they were merged with an uh, airline out east called Ontario Express to form uh, the full Canadian Regional and then became the full regional airline that served the smaller destinations for Canadian Airlines International. So, Rick, obviously you have a passion uh, for uh, air airlines, airplanes, uh, flight history. What was it that, that triggered that for you? Where did that start? <laughs> uh, it started when I was a very small child. Uh, my parents are living uh, approximately in the centre of Lethbridge in the south area of the city. Uh, uh, Time Air's aircraft would, uh, on their final, um, final um, um, flight into uh, into Lethbridge, going into land, would fly directly over my parents' house. So every time I heard an aircraft, I would run outside. And through that, as I got older, start identifying all the aircraft, uh, and that uh, that uh, sort of fueled my passion all these years later. Uh, and uh, it was uh, simply through an opportunity via a Facebook group, which was uh, formed after their 45th anniversary, uh, that I just randomly happened to check on Facebook. And I wonder if there's a Time Air group <laughs> that was remembering Time Air and how the society started. Uh, was I made it my task to try to trace where every single aircraft that Time Air flew uh, ended up. And that's, uh, that's what led us to the, the various aircraft that we currently uh, have that we're working to bring back to Lethbridge. Okay, so how many, how many aircraft does uh, the organization have now? Uh, currently at this time, we have the Fokker F-28-1000 series, which is a 65-seat passenger jet. Uh, that one is in Saskatoon. It is an identical model to Jesse's. Uh, we also have a Convair CV-580, uh, which is an approximately 50-seat turboprop plane. That one uh, was given to us uh, by air, um, air spray air tankers out of Red Deer uh, via Nolanor in Montreal, who last flew the plane. Uh, we also have a Shorts SD-330 aircraft that was approximately a 30-seat aircraft. Mm. Uh, that one was built in Ireland, mm. and Time Air was the official first to fly uh, airline and so that meant that worldwide they were the first airline to fly that type around the world uh, so quite a distinction uh, we again we found that in Milwaukee Wisconsin <laughs> and then the last one uh, we found was it wasn't owned by Time Air but it was leased by Time Air uh, and we found it in Springbank uh, just outside yeah. of Calgary yeah. uh, and uh, a company called Rocky Mountain Aircraft donated uh, us the aircraft that was the 1967 de Havilland Canada Twin Otter Demonstrator. Oh, very cool. Uh, so, uh, so you know, there's quite uh, quite the history in in this small collection, uh, and we are actively uh, looking at uh, other aircraft also. And so, the, the and the hope is to uh, to open a, a museum. 
That's correct. So uh, what uh, we are working with, with the city of Lethbridge, and obviously we are in our infancy, we're quite a ways behind the Alberta Aviation mm-hmm. Museum, uh, Bomber Command down in Nanton, the Military Museum and the Hangar Museum in Calgary, but you have to start somewhere. Uh, and what uh, we, uh, our main focus will be um, um, telling the story of all the airlines, not just Time Air, but all the airlines that were integral to to Canadian Airlines International. So big names like uh, Canadian Pacific and Pacific Western and Wardair. So certainly the Alberta Aviation Museum has uh, has told some of the story about Pacific Western and Wardair and we certainly uh, work with them and our liaisoning uh, to be able to tell even more of the story. And uh, so certainly what we want to do is we want to be able to connect with all the different uh, museums across Canada that have any little bit of the commercial side of aviation and then expand that story uh, quite a bit. Uh, One of the big things that we're looking at possibly acquiring is the original Air Canada or as it was originally known Trans Canada Airlines hangar uh, that is uh, virtually unmolested and sits uh, on the Lethbridge Airport property uh, which was built in 1939. I'm, I'm guessing a lot of these planes don't fly anymore. How do you move them? <laughs> well, uh, in the case of the Fokker F-28, there are four bolts that hold on. So it is a T-tail, so the top of the tail. Yeah. Uh, there's four bolts that hold that on. After removing a number of panels, you remove the bolts and then take a crane and lift that part portion off. The uh, wings themselves on each side, uh, there's a box in the center of the fuselage where the wings are attached to. There's 144 bolts on each side. <laughs> so we have a gentleman that is uh, about six foot three and very skinny that crawls in and he <laughs> removes the bolts as a 50 ton crane holds on to the fuselage and a 20 ton crane gingerly pulls the wing wow. apart. Wow. Uh, there are only about uh, we figure less than two dozen people across the world that have ever taken an F-28 completely apart uh, and those were essentially Fokker uh, airline uh, workers that's F-O-K-K-E-R for anybody that wants to know the spelling because you have to be careful. Yes, you do. Uh, and, uh, and we're the only ones. Now, even to be able to find that information, it took us almost two years and it was an, uh, an aircraft uh, maintenance facility in Australia uh, where we found the original Fokker booklets that uh, that described most of how to do this whole process. Rick, we Rick, had Rick I'm almost yeah, out of time. Ahead. I'm Sounds almost great. out of time here, so yeah. um, I'm actually pretty much out of time, but I'm just, I'm fascinated by, by all of this and I, I think it's going to be wonderful to have those uh to have you know get those planes in place get that museum up and running as you said it's a long way off yet but you're working towards it and the passion is definitely definitely there if people want to find out more about the historical society is the is the facebook page the best place to go Uh, you can find us time air historical society on facebook remembering time air on facebook uh we have time air canadian regional group on facebook uh time air (laughs) h 
hs.ca is our main website and you can also find us both on youtube and instagram uh just look for time air historical society rick keep us updated okay we'd love to see how this all comes together down the road thank you for joining me today i look for forward to uh telling you more and uh look for us in the spring as uh, our Fokker should be back sometime late spring this year can't wait to see it all right thanks rick take care <laughs> absolutely you too thanks yeah. for calling Bye yeah now. you bet you rick berry the chairman of the time air historical society big plans in the works right there